to the Juju Tetas podcast. My name is Stacy. I am a Juju Teta, and this is my podcast. For today's episode, I had the absolute pleasure and the most fun to sit down with my dear friend and training partner, Coach Nene. Coach Nene has been training jujitsu for about 10 years now, maybe a little over 10. And I do have an update for you though, because at the time of the interview when this was recorded, she, and you'll hear her say this, she says she's a four stripe purple belt. However, she recently has been promoted to brown belt. So now she is a brown belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. So that's just a little update for you when you get to that part at the beginning of the interview. Um, She's no longer purple belt, she is a brown belt. I really had a good time talking with Coach Nene. I always have a good time talking with Coach Nene. We've been friends for years and I really enjoyed hearing her perspective. I love hearing her talk. I love the stories that she tells. Um, And so I think it was a really great thing that we were able to capture this interview. She's an, as you're gonna hear this, she's an extremely busy woman. I am so, so, so glad that I was able to capture like an hour, hour and a half of her time to have this interview with me. So I'm very grateful. Um, This is a really amazing interview. And so without further ado, let me share that with you now. This is Coach Nene. All right, I'm here with Coach Nene. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Yay, I'm so excited that you're here. (laughs) Finally. I know. Um, Okay, so for the podcast audience, can you please introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Coach Nene. I'm currently a purple belt for stripes, and I belong to Gracie Baja Downers Grove. I've been training for 10 years on and off, so... Yeah, now I know... Okay, so here's the thing. I think a lot of people before wanting to start this kind of commitment, because I've said before in previous episodes, it takes like an average of 10 years to get a black belt, and people Mm -hmm. are like, oh, it's such a long time. But, no, you've been training for 10 years, but you're not a black belt yet. Mm-hmm. Can you please, if you're comfortable, can you please sort of describe, like, what sort of life events have been happening, if you're comfortable with it, to yeah. sort of have the 10 years of training and be a purple belt currently? So, for me, the journey is a little bit different, just like everybody else. Um, there's always something happening in life. Um, but we also we always come back to the mats. Uh, for me, I had two ACL con- reconstructions um, surgeries, and I also had a baby, so that definitely <laughs> took some time off. But I'm back. I'm I always come back. Yeah. Now here's the thing. Okay. Now this is in my list of questions, but it's near the end of the list. Is it okay if I just jump right, right there? Since you just mentioned you had a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, you are the only woman I know personally who started training before you ever had kids and then got pregnant and had a baby and you're still training. Can you please talk about your personal experience with being pregnant and like having a baby while you're also still training? Can you talk about that? Just because I think for a lot of women, um, I don't know if they either, like their life circumstances just kind of make them sort of quit after having kids or maybe they think that they can't really do both or it's hard to manage. can you please talk about your personal experience with that? Of course. So I think this definitely is something that's kind of unique. And um, from time to time, I see on social media, ladies will be asking the question, should I stop training once I get pregnant or what should I do? Um, for me, it started kind of, it wasn't expected. So we've been trying for a while and nothing had happened. So I said, hey, I'm the youngest of master two. I think this is my year because five years of difference does you know, make a difference when it's coming to your gas tank. Mm-hmm. So I said, let me direct my energy. I want to go for the world masters, uh, youngest master two mm-hmm. is my shot. Mm-hmm. So as soon as I started training, it was four months before the tournament, the baby happened. Uh. So the first thing I did was I went to her dad, I go, well, by the time World Master comes in, she will be the size of an avocado. So if I can put an avocado in my pants and train daily and don't smash it, can I still compete? (laughs) (laughs) That was my first thought process. I didn't want to stop. Yeah. Um, When you really hook on something, that's definitely something that's ingrained in your everyday routine. And stripping that away is a really tough decision. So 
for my sanity and for his safety, mm -hmm. we decided to keep me on the mats. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I know there's probably going to be a bunch of people out there being like, oh, that's so dangerous. You're putting mm -hmm. yourself and the child at risk, blah, 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 blah. Um, how did you keep yourself and your baby safe while you were training? So the hardest part, I would say, is first trimester mm -hmm. because you're not supposed to tell anybody that you're pregnant, you mm -hmm. know, for various reasons. Yeah. But for me, because I was training every single day at such a high intensity, mm -hmm. it's really hard for me to keep that as a secret. Yeah. <clears throat> so the first thing I did was I spoke with the head instructors to let them know that um, I wish to stay on the mats. So I'm still trying to figure out how I'm going to make that happen. But mm -hmm. with their help, please keep me on the mats safe. Um, and then, you know, just having their support is so critical. And then what I did was the first trimester, because I can't say much just yet, mm -hmm. I selected a handful of, like, close friends. Mm -hmm. I think it were, there was maybe five people at the most. And I let them know what's happening and ask them for their consent to be the helper to make you know make it through this journey together. Mm -hmm. So they agree. They 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 partner up with me whenever I'm on the mats. We have certain things like I'm I cannot be in bottom side control. Yeah. I cannot be in bottom mount definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then there are only so many things where we can do. So mm -hmm. they're very cautious. If we ever get into certain positions where I'm in the bottom taking pressure, mm -hmm. they will elevate the pressure like moving their hips up higher while not putting all their weight. And then once we make it through first trimester, it became a little bit easier mm -hmm. because now it's no longer a secret. Um, and people know it's their choice mm -hmm. if they wish to train with me because I don't want to be taking their time away when um, when they could be training at the intensity they wish to. Mm -hmm. But this team has been so supportive. Um, I, I Of course, I pick more of a higher belt to train with and they know what not to do. They flow um, nicely. They don't put weight when they shouldn't. Mm -hmm. So second trimester was great. And I'll say the toughest one is third trimester mm. because I'm so big Aww. I can't even close guard like you would think it doesn't matter but it, your space become limited um so third trimester I do a lot of drills uh, I remember and, that yeah mm -hmm. so if I roll with somebody I will always be doing top position which mm -hmm. quickly gets boring because there's only so many things you do when <laughs> yeah. when they don't even try to defend um yeah. so I do a lot of drills to keep my health to keep myself kind of sane mm -hmm. and then I'll do rubber band drills I do solo drills as much as I can yeah so that helped me a lot because you know, stripping that jujitsu away completely when you train six days a week mm -hmm. cold turkey I don't think that's healthy for anybody but yeah, to do what I did you definitely need the support for from sure. the instructors as well as your teammates definitely. I wouldn't be able to make it through without them yeah and I think that's um I've heard parents in general talk about how important it is to have a support system when they're going through pregnancy and then after the childbirth and everything mm -hmm. too so i'm really i'm really glad that we were able to provide that for you yeah um now i've never trained anywhere else so i don't know what it would be like anywhere else but mm -hmm. i just know that with the the culture that we've cultivated together mm -hmm. um you know, we, we really are kind of like a family, brothers yeah. and sisters. We don't want to actually, we don't want to hurt each other. You know, mm -hmm. we want to respect each other. And, right. And so I think that also, I mean, hearing you say that it was really frustrating when, like, getting boring and stuff, when it was, nobody wanted to defend, like, like nobody <laughs> wanted to hurt you or the baby. Right. You're like, I'm not causing any accidents here. Yeah, because there's a lot of stress on them, right? They don't want to be the reason why something goes wrong. So I get it. And I think most of the gyms, if you bring it up to the instructors for safety reasons they will probably just tell you don't do it yeah because the stakes are high but That's for, true, yeah. for me if i lose my sanity i think their head instructor is going to be in trouble <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine keeping me at home for seven days a week not doing anything nope. no 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 well also knowing you you would just like show up anyway and then yeah. everybody would be like what are you doing here you'd be like <laughs> I'm here to do stuff. I'm here to. I'm here to watch. I'm here to yeah. train. I'm here to drill. <clears throat> Stop me. <laughs> and that's kind of what I did with my knee surgeries, right? When I had my two knee surgeries, you see me on the mats like a week after. Yeah. I with my ice bucket still connected yeah. to my knee, and if I can't stand, if I'm either watching the classes or I'm doing rubber bands with my no butt on the mats, 
just so I don't put pressure on it. There are different ways to learn jujitsu and have it in, you know, be part of your life without having to always go for 100%. Yeah. That's what we tell the students too. Watching is learning as well. And mm-hmm. when you watch, there's so much more that you notice when you don't, um, while you're in the middle of the action. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Like, since we're so- still on the topic of pregnancy, childbirth, support systems, training, your child is turning four. She's turning four in December. She's turning four. That's what I thought. I'm like, mm-hmm. If I have my math right, she should be turning <laughs> four. Now, over the past almost four years, how have you been able to still maintain some training? while raising a child and having a full-time job. Like, you're a very busy woman. Very busy. I'm sure there's tons and tons and tons of women out there who relate to your situation of being, having a full-time job, being a full-time parent, like, you know, and then trying to do this thing. Like, how have you, you personally, so just because, okay, disclaimer, just because she's talking about what works for her, if you, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for everybody. So... (laughs) You know, take what works and leave what doesn't. But what is your personal experience? How have you been able to still maintain training while having a child and working full-time and everything? It's definitely not easy um, because, like I always say, God only gives us everybody fair, you know, 24 hours a day and Mm -hmm. nobody's having extra. And the more we carry on, the more we have to kind of split ourselves into different directions. But for me, jujitsu is kind of not... It's not a hobby, mm-hmm. it's a passion, yeah. so it's different because it's not my choice to go, well, I'm just going to drop this for my child, or it's not a priority, it is a priority. So when something is a priority in your life, you make time for it. It's not easy, though, because mm-hmm. um, being an immigrant, my parents are not here. Mm-hmm. I don't have family here. All I have was friends. Yeah. Although I do have, you no know, on on professor's side, there's her dad and her mom. Mm-hmm. It's still very limited because I can't count on a 70-something-year-old to be watching the baby on a daily basis. Yeah. And I want to spend time with my child, too. Yeah. For me, I, I find balancing is so important. I want time for my kid because growing up, my parents are very busy. And I feel like I missed out a bit of childhood with them and mm-hmm. I, that's not a mistake I want to make with her mm-hmm. so I committed to at least training two days a week Saturdays I have help with um, a close friend who's mm-hmm. also a babysitter um, for my daughter mm-hmm. so that way I can go to the competition team training Thursdays it helps me commit when I commit to teaching <laughs> um, so when I pick up the responsibilities to teach GB1 class it makes sure that I'm there and yeah. then you know get some active hours on the mats and then slowly, if I have um, extra support when everybody's available, mm-hmm. I hop on the mats again on Monday. But at the same time, I have to be very strategic with how that time goes because when I get home, it's not just about, okay, I'm going to go for a shower, I'm going to go eat something, I'm going to relax. No, when I get home is how soon can I get this baby to bed without <laughs> having you know, discounting her hours of sleep that she needs to be able to function the next day. So it's always a lot of planning, like, what's dinner going to be like? Can I get this one step ahead? Or can somebody take care of her shower so that way we can get her to bed? So two to three times a week, but that's Mm -hmm. definitely with the support of all the resources I can scramble up with. Yeah, and I think that's been a common theme that I've heard from other, from parents. I'm not a parent, but from, that I've heard from parents and like other people Mm -hmm. as well that really the only way to kind of successfully balance everything is with a support system. Mm-hmm. People can't do this on their own. Mm-hmm. And I think, I, you know, I just want to put that out there into the world that if, I think people sometimes think like, oh, I, sh- I should be able to X, Y, Z. But I don't think we're supposed to be doing all this stuff on our own. Right. Like, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to have support and and, and help from other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm really glad that you have that support system because I'm glad that you're still on the mats, <laughs> you know, because sure. I think there's been a couple of people that I know that um, have had, like, some ladies through the years who have, like, come and gone and, like, mm-hmm. just kind of left or sort of disappeared or maybe they moved or I don't know, but yeah, after they had a baby, it was, we didn't really see them again. It's Which is sad, yeah. Because I really want, I really <laughs> like them. I want them to train. Um, but you know, like I mean, everybody's life is different, and you know, everybody's resources are different. Right. Access to resources, but I just kind of want to 
make the point, I guess, is that you went from pre-baby training six days a week, mm-hmm. high intensity, to now currently post-baby, about four years post-baby, mm-hmm. to training two days a week consistently. Yep. Sometimes a third. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I just want to kind of make the point that, like, your training time has been reduced, but you're still training. Right. You know, it's just training looks different right now. Mm-hmm. Even the way I train changes, because before the baby, if I get hurt, I I can't afford the time off because I, you know, I, I can take time off of work, I can take time off of mats, that's fine. But when you have a little one relying on you, it's not an option. So the way I train has been more gentle. Um, I'm more selective of who I train with. Uh, the intensity, the preparation to my body. And quite frankly, having a baby changes your body. Everybody says, you know, your body is never the same, and I feel it. My gas tank, um, how my muscle feels, my joint feels, everything changed. So you have to be adaptable. But the mm-hmm. good thing is that with jiu-jitsu, it is meant to be adaptable, right? Not all the techniques that we teach in the fundamental class works for you. Yeah. But as you grow, you kind of figure out what works and how you think have to change around how your body, you know, it corroborates. Exactly. So my yeah. definitely not only my schedule, but the way I change and my mentality towards training changes as well. Yeah. Okay. So, kind of moving away from the pregnancy, childbirth aspect of it, can we kind of get into your personal story? Sure. What was sort of the impetus, the reason why you decided to train jiu-jitsu in the first place? Oh, <sighs> be honest. <laughs> well, I hope this doesn't get um, held against me, but. I actually started kickboxing before I found jiu-jitsu. And I, it's not the kickboxing where you're just kicking the bags and the bags don't move. I keep telling people, don't get you know, delusional that you're really a badass. <laughs> I can say that on the podcast. Um, because the bags don't move. Yeah. So what I was doing is I was training with a, um, like a mixed martial artist. Yeah. And I was training for a ring fight. And I have a partner and all that. So we train very well. But occasionally when I need to get my cardio out, I went to what we call uh, title kickboxing. Mm. It's a bag that doesn't move, but it helps me get just some of the drills and head movements in. And one day, right across the corner, I see another guy who is also not your average kickboxing person. Like, he knows what he's doing as well. So we kind of know each other's existence. One day he came over and started talking to me. Turns out his name is Professor Liu. He was the head kickboxing instructor at Grace Valley Downers Grove. And he said, I noticed that you have a passion with this, but in order to have a well-rounded martial arts experience, you should also consider doing groundwork. I go, mm-hmm. what's groundwork? If I can do a, <laughs> no, knock them out, why do I need ground? He said, just come over to Grace Bow Down Grove. It's my, uh, where I train jiu-jitsu. We also have kickboxing program that I instruct, so maybe that can be something of a next step for you. So I went there and I spoke with the manager and I'm only interested in kickboxing because I still don't understand jujitsu just yet. The first time I saw a class, I couldn't understand. I go, you guys look like pandas rolling around. <laughs> what is the whole point? It's just two people rolling around. I can't understand the, 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 the joint controls. I can't understand the, the grips. All I see is people just sweating, you know, panting and just rolling around <laughs> with white geese look like white pandas. So I couldn't understand. But the manager said, well, the membership for kickboxing is once every night. Black belt program that includes kickboxing and jiu-jitsu is $1.99. What do you want to do? I go, $20? Sure. I'll <laughs> give it a try. Let's see what happens. But then as I spent more time on the mats, um, it started to occur to me that this is something that is not just your journey. And I enjoy the interactions we have with other people. You meet different people. You They they enrich your life, not only on the jiu-jitsu part, but also becoming a friend. When you train close contact sports, there's no way that your relationship stays on the surface level. We, we start building friendships, and I start understanding how this is intelligent. It is something that's forgiving. For example, one day I was sparring in the kickboxing class. It was a spinning back kick. By the time I see that foot so close to my face, there's no way around. So I got a ruptured eardrum, and it made me start thinking, so if I'm in the my 30s, and I'm putting myself out there when I still have to be able to hold on a job and be able to provide for what I need. I don't have a kid back then, but it still occurred to me that I need something that's forgiving, that mm-hmm. I can just say, all right, you got me, or I messed up. Can mm-hmm. I learn from it? Can we try again? Jujutsu offers you that. So when you tap, you can restart. And that was something that really stuck with me and wanting to understand the art 
more and more. Yeah, that was beautiful. The one seventy nine or the <laughs> no, like just just kind of everything that you said about like the realizing that jujitsu is adaptable. It's forgiving. Mm-hmm. It's you know you can you can be intense or you can be like super relaxed and gentle. Like yeah. it's it flows like water. You mm-hmm. know, you're like bamboo. You bend but you don't break. You know, it's 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 just beautiful to see that. Like because I think there's a lot of um, or at least maybe this is just my perception from social media or whatever, but I kind of get the I get the feeling that people s- tend to think that martial arts are all about like being like the tough and the intensity mm-hmm. and like the beating other people up and mm-hmm. whatever and like you know especially with striking arts. Now I'm I don't do striking arts, so this is probably just a huge misconception. So apologies, mm-hmm. but this is the per- perception that I have. Is that, like, the striking arts, you know, it's that you have to be, like, stronger, you have to be, like, quicker, which makes sense, but then you also have to be, like, I don't know, super intense and, like, really hard and all this kind of stuff. And I think it's nice to hear from somebody who started in the striking art that when you discovered jiu-jitsu, you discovered all of the things that jiu-jitsu can offer Mm -hmm. and how it can also benefit you. Right. Um don't want this to be like misconstrued as me trying to diss striking arts mm-hmm. I'm not doing that because I also did kickboxing mm-hmm. I did a little taekwondo like back in college now and I loved it I did boxing and did kickboxing and stuff like that so mm-hmm. you know there's there's beauty in those arts too but um I think what has stuck with me with jiu-jitsu for so long because you've been training for 10 years mm-hmm. I'm coming up on eight in January mm-hmm. and I think I really have to think that if I had just only done striking arts, I don't know if I would have lasted this long. Okay. Just because of the toll it takes on your body. I think everybody has a different path, right? Just like how we have different taste buds for the food <laughs> we like. It works for some people, that's good for them. Um, but I think it doesn't hurt to try because mm-hmm. you never know until you invest a little bit more time and figure out which, which, kind of, which sport, which art you know, draws most of your passion towards. That's true. Well said. Now, let me ask you this. Speaking of jujitsu and, you know, coming into the world of jujitsu from, you know, a striking background or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, Over the last 10 years, what are some of the lessons that you've learned through jujitsu? Oh, that's a lot. (laughs) Um, If I, because before the interview, we're just talking about our white belt years, our puppy puppy years. Baby, and I called my little baby white belt. <laughs> I was baby white belt back then. Right, and I think the the it definitely we see each other mature a lot through this journey, and um, I would say a couple of things that really uh, resonate with me is that it not only teaches you how to be strategic, um, no, think and be able to 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 think about how do you conquer something without using your strength. One of the things that really you know jump into my head these days is because I started teaching the GBF program mm-hmm. which is a Grace Baja female program is designed to help ladies to find comfort on the mats mm-hmm. before they go into full-on um, fundamental curriculum because it, it is intimidating for yeah, female really I remember you no know, our white belt years yeah. I was looking around I go I'm keeping this guy between my legs and nobody's explaining to me what is happening mm-hmm. that's awkward but sure I think everybody's doing it mm-hmm. but then you learn it that way and now I'm able to tell the ladies it's not about that we're trying to pull a John Wick move or uh, <laughs> <laughs> that just looks so fantastic on point on the screen it's about teaching you how you can be in, in control physically and mentally when you're so vulnerable mm-hmm. and I see jujitsu I, I look I've never been in a street fight I've never been in a situation where um, somebody assaults me, so I consider m- yeah, I consider myself fortunate about it. But as the, the jujitsu, what that impacts me the most is actually mentally, mm. because I struggle a lot for a few years um, with my career. Um, I don't, I don't work well with some somebody on my team. And that person happened to be in a position of power. So mm-hmm. for me, and also the way I was raised, you know, I, I spent 23 years in Asia before I came to the States and started my life over here. 
So my natural tendency is not confronting. Mm-hmm. Whenever I see something or hear something, it's always my first instinct to be quiet, to not confront or to challenge. Mm-hmm. But jujitsu, it's not that I confronted her with my verbal jujitsu, <laughs> um, but it helps me understand to see past things on the surface. Mm-hmm. Just like a hand reaching over to your lapel, doesn't mean it might be a bait. You yep. gotta watch out. Yep. Yep. So it trains your about trains your mind to think, okay. This is just a service level. The way you're talking to me does not degrade who I believe, what how, what I worth, yeah. and how I'm loved and supported. Mm-hmm. It's just how you manifest your feeling about it. And I'm a person of worth. I'm a person who has power, and I can control my emotion when you cannot. Mm-hmm. So it teaches me how to do that emotional jujitsu at work, which helped me survive through some of the tougher years. So that was the one biggest thing, and then of course the other parts would be. It really helped me break through some of the boundaries that I grew up with,、mm-hmm. because growing up in Asia, martial arts is something more for boys.、Aww. And it's kind of a gender thing. We、yeah. were we're a few steps behind.、Um, we still have that、yeah. uh, framework around what a boy should be and how a girl should act. And I remember I was in elementary school, fifth or sixth grade, and I see these boys doing. I don't Taekwondo, karate,、yeah. kicking and punching. I go, that is awesome. I see beauty in it. It's not the roughness, but I see the beauty information,、mm-hmm. and I, I, I want to be part of that. But my parents' feedback was, "You're a girl. That's what boys do."、Mm-hmm. So when I came to this country and when I first found kickboxing and later jujitsu, my parents couldn't understand it. But then when they see how I handle myself, the confidence I have, the 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 calmness、um, of my brain over my emotion, which is something they 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 don't experience when growing up,、um, when I grew up there, that changed me because it makes me somebody who's more grounded, who understand how to control things in my life in different aspect. So that's something that a girl, like the other day,、um, we went to Niagara Falls. With my parents、oh, and、yeah. my little one, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a nice trip, but then we're leaving the park. So there's a reserve area right close、um, by the falls. We're leaving the park and we're crossing the street. There's a giant cross path for for pedestrians,、yeah. and the car just like glide right by it in front of me while I'm carrying my three year old in my arms, and I they they have the back window rolled down, so I have no problem just to look at them through the window and say, "Thank you for not stopping." <laughs> and my parents behind me, they're in shock because they were who I was.、Mm-hmm. They go, "How do you have? We would never expect you to say that." I say, "Yeah, because you remember me for who I was."、Mm-hmm. But here, which is just what we know when to voice for yourself in a calm manner, but straight to the point.、Mm-hmm. You know, you're not looking for confrontation. I'm not saying, "Hey, get off the car," or、yeah. "You stink." Like you're、We're、not trying saying, to start a fight necessarily, but you、right. are but you making stand, your displeasure known.、Mm-hmm. You can stand calling, for your voice. Yeah, calling attention to their stupid decision. Yeah. So yeah. it helps me in different things when I, you know, try to, kind of merge into marinate myself into this culture because this culture is definitely very different from the one I grew up in,、mm-hmm. and I learned that you have to voice yourself, otherwise nothing would ever be addressed or noticed. But at the same time, how you voice yourself just helps you. Mm-hmm. Phrase and shape that conversation. Yeah, and I would say I've also experienced that too. I, I have told other people this. I think I had talked to Key about this before.、Um, I might have talked to you about this before too, like privately, obviously off the air. But I, during confrontations, I always, you know, especially if I was upset about something,、mm-hmm. I would get so,、um, my emotions would be so big that they would literally like almost choke me. That I couldn't. Say anything, I would just start crying,、mm-hmm. and then I couldn't really voice what I wanted to, and so a lot of the time, depending on the person I was like arguing with,、mm-hmm. they would take that as a sign that I was weak. Well, maybe weak, but also that like I didn't have anything more to say. Okay. And so then they would start kind of talking in their piece, you know. But、mm-hmm. I, meanwhile, I wasn't done yet, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but that was kind of pre-jujitsu, post-jujitsu. I'm the one that does a lot of the talking now in、oh. an argument because now I'm able to kind of rein that in. I can control that.、Uh-huh. I can fuel that in a different way,、mm-hmm. so I can get myself and like my brain and my emotions are, are in sync now, and I can、mm-hmm. like say what I need to say,、mm-hmm. and I can like I don't kind of 
I don't let myself be sort of manipulated. Okay. Or, or like emotionally, mentally manipulated. I can see people's arguments for what they are, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Or I can do it better now. I'd be like, well, you're just projecting that on me. That's not my fault. You know what I mean? Awesome. Like, it's, which is like <laughs> life changing for me. I never would do that before, mm-hmm. ever. I yeah. always internalized. Every time somebody said that, like, I was doing something wrong, I just was like, oh, I guess I did do that wrong. You know, or if they're just like, oh, well, you doing this is like, you're doing that wrong and that wrong and that wrong or whatever. And that's why I reacted how I did or, or whatever, you know. Yeah. And then I would just internalize that and just be like, oh, I guess I am, you know, whatever. And then I would try to change myself and like I could never just sustain that because that's mm-hmm. not how I am. And then eventually it would devolve into, you know, whatever the same old song and dance. Yeah. Um, and now post jujitsu, I can say my piece and I can stand up for myself a lot better, which is amazing. I love, mm-hmm. I love that. I love, like, being able to really, because now that I'm not, like, just breaking down crying all the time, <laughs> I can actually get out what I need to say, and the other person can hear me, right. and then I can sit there and listen to what they're saying, mm-hmm. and instead of taking it as a personal attack, I can be analytical about it. Okay. And then we can reach a much more, like, I don't know, harmonious agreement now. Mm-hmm. It's That's- just so much better. That's something people don't see. They only see us in the gi, like we're gripping each other. We're, you know, trying to simulate murder on the mat. <laughs> but that's not all that is about, right? You no, know, to your point, I also noticed it helps me see through people much easier. And that goes back to one of the interesting things I didn't understand in my earlier jujitsu years. Professor Carlos said, you, you know, everybody can wear a mask off the mats. But when they come on the mats, you can't, they can't keep it up. They show who they truly are when they're on the mats. And you feel it, too. I feel mm-hmm. it, too. How they are and how they interact. And we see that in other people, even though they're not training with us. We can very easily cut through, okay, this is kind of who we are. Are we going to be friends? Are we not? How much are we going to go deep into this relationship? It helps you understand that, see through that much better. It's like a superpower. Yeah, yeah. I think, like, I'm, I can't stress enough the... the importance or the benefits of both mm-hmm. of the the mental aspect of jujitsu you know mm-hmm. like to have the mental and emotional benefits it gives people it's not just physical either mm-hmm. um every single person i've talked to on this podcast has said some version of what you just oh, said interesting. they've all had mental emotional you know blossoming mm-hmm. or shifting or some sort of like under deeper understanding of themselves mm-hmm. things to jujitsu wow i know <laughs> me and myself <laughs> that's included. pretty cool you know like, mm-hmm. the, like the thing with the arguing or whatever yeah see yeah we should get more people to change we should <laughs> we should jujitsu is for everybody mm-hmm. okay so the other side of that coin the okay. one side is like the benefits the other side some challenges. What are some challenges you faced in your jujitsu journey? Um, I really think about it as the negative side of it, but I do, I do think it puts some pressure on you when you're mingling with other people who doesn't understand. For example, at work, mm-hmm. like I can talk to you about jujitsu all day. I can talk to normal people um, who's interested. But when it comes to work, it's really hard for people to understand. Mm -hmm. And I felt sometimes I have to steer away from saying that because the challenge is people might see it as, well, you're devoting so much to this. That means you're taking time away from that. Mm -hmm. And that's why, you know, my social media posts, you you probably notice I rarely repost Mm -hmm. things of like what's happening with our school, events that's coming up Mm -hmm. because I don't want people to consider that if I ever have a bad day at work, that's because, no, I'm putting my energy elsewhere. So I think uh, it creates a little barrier for me when it comes to work. Um, I just don't feel like I can be as transparent f- of who I am and what my passions are because most people don't understand it. Mm-hmm. But other challenges, I don't see as much when I'm on the mats. I have to say every time I step on the mats, um, I'm always a happier person when I step off, even if I don't train. There are days when I'm there just to teach. Mm-hmm. Even if I don't train, I felt there's so much more amazing things that just happen in our lives that we have those little tiny bubbles that click. Um, so, yeah, I don't feel like there's a lot of challenges other than, like, my professional world where I can't yeah. be as transparent as I, I like to be. And I have to wonder if a lot of other women 
are in kind of your same boat Mm -hmm. when it comes to career professions and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and the sort of work culture where it's like well if you're spending so much time doing that then obviously you're not devoting enough time to this type of a thing thank god that I was not in those types of work situations Mm-hmm. But I I feel for those who are because it's just like well you have to you have to have a balance in your life you can't <laughs> just only work mm-hmm. and I, I my opinion is, is that any company that's expecting you to basically only work is okay any company that's expecting you only to work is misguided mm-hmm. because humans can't do that you have to have a balance. And so if you're also spending your non-work hours pursuing your passions, I honestly don't know what the problem is there. (laughs) I think uh, the most recent one would be when I, when I, I can't even remember if it's April or March of this year, I signed up for the IBJJF Chicago Open. I was really excited because I was, I competed a lot before the baby. And after the baby, competition hasn't been quite an option yet yeah. not that I can't make one day out of my life to be on the mats and put myself out there it's the pre- preparation yeah competition I, is a lot of preparation yeah I don't yeah. have the the ability to commit to what I need to do in mm-hmm. order to be prepared mm-hmm. so when I brought it up it was kind of new because for me it's a new chapter I was ex- I was excited I kind of share a little bit with my colleagues at work yeah. and I get a feeling of like they're concerned they're concerned that if, because I had a history of two knee surgeries, right? That's with yeah. all within the same company. Yeah. So they know that I took time off and they're like, so you're going to put yourself out there. Is this dangerous? Are you going to be safe? Are you going to be okay? Uh, that kind of concern. So that's why okay. I kind of take it back and not share as much because I understand for them, there's a different set of values for me to be there versus mm-hmm. my personal pursuit. Got it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, it depends. It's not that no. It's not just hobby. It's not something yeah. that you just go train. There are different, uh, different levels of engagement. Yeah, for I, know, everybody. And I think I I was talking. Who was I talking to? It was Diana, I think. Or Kalsum. No, I think it was Diana in her and mm-hmm. when I chatted with her, that um, she had asked me like, why do why do certain people stay and certain people don't? Mm-hmm. And at the time, I think I was, I was like, I'm not prepared for this question, <laughs> you know. So I kind of had to say the thing that like came to the top of my head. Uh-huh. But um, part, I think throughout me trying to answer that question, she was like, Well, you know, why do some people stick with it longer? Mm-hmm. And what I had said, I believe, was that it kind of depends on how you look at it like for Mm -hmm. some people it's just like a thing that they do yeah it was like like you said a hobby Mm -hmm. but for other people it is what they do right like it's like I am a jujitsu person like Mm -hmm. I do jujitsu I you know I live a jujitsu lifestyle I choose jujitsu over like you know other things or whatever Mm -hmm. like it's 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 different right you know so it's I think it's kind of hard to explain when you are like a jujitsu, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> versus um, oh, I just I do jujitsu sometimes kind yeah. of thing. Like oh yeah, whatever, blah blah blah. But it's so I think for pe- people who aren't used to interacting with people like us, mm-hmm. they don't really get it because Ooh. they're just like oh well, why are you? It's just a hobby, you know. Because mm-hmm. like I think maybe for other people, maybe people would really like to do their hobbies more because they like them. But I like think do for, it alone. Yeah, but like I think for other people, it's just like, well, this is just a hobby. Like, why would you put yourself in danger for a hobby? Mm-hmm. But it's not a hobby. I, f- I wish these people have found the their circle sooner. Because yeah. so, so from an instructor's perspective, um, the way we look at it is, if you want to be able to tell if a school is safe or not, I mean that matters for people thirty and above, right? Because mm-hmm. the body basically stops yeah. preparing yourself after oh my thirty. Gosh. Oh, so all the aches, that, they don't go away after a night of sleep. No, seriously, I'm 36. So I'm like, I don't know. I'm going to be master three next year. So definitely important. But the way we look at it is if you want to be able to tell if a school is safe or not, look at the number of ladies they have on the mat. Look at the number of, I don't know, 40 plus, I'm going to be one of them, 40 plus on the mats because that tells you how that community treats people who is not, you know, 20 year old have all the energy and have the time to spare 
people can who can actually de- you know dedicate you no know, dedicate themselves much more. So a lot of women that I've seen come and go is that they didn't find that support system before somebody else ruins their experience. So we will see, okay, well, it's just too much on my body. No, somebody's not being nice. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, right, jujitsu is for people that are smaller to be able to use their techniques and mindset to defeat or defend mm-hmm. against somebody who's bigger. But a lot of times when we, they jump into GB1 class, guess what happens? They're in the sea of white belts. Mm-hmm. And white belts mm-hmm. are the... I'm sorry, sorry, I've been a white belt too, so I can I say this. Too. White belt is the worst well, to train because, with. Okay, white belts don't know their own strength. And I uh-huh. am raising my hand because I was exactly like that. I am pretty strong, I think. <laughs> you are. And I definitely didn't know my own strength. Uh-huh. I was way overusing strength in my baby white belt days. For 100%, yeah. I was doing that. And then I had to learn how not to. <laughs> yeah, it takes time. We've all been there, but for a lady that... Is fairly new and maybe she's done you no know, gentle more gentle mm-hmm. um, sports before this is definitely something new and then the frustration will just build up so quickly yeah if they don't have that support group so yeah. for us I think it's really good that we're doing the GB um, F yeah, classes I'm so glad we have that and we also have the group chat so even though not everybody comes out to hang out but yeah. we put all the ladies in one yeah. WhatsApp group chat and then we, you know, during nice days, we put something together. Maybe we go for brunch. Maybe we go, what do we do, zipline? It was that ad- zipline adventure park. <laughs> so I am things. proud of myself. I did all five of those courses mm-hmm. because I kept telling myself the only way out is through. I have to finish this. Good. On the fifth one, I was starting to get kind of nervous. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, it's too late to go back now. Yeah. I just got to finish it. I'm glad you went, but that's the the way we make ladies bond, right? Yeah. So when we get together, we can talk. We don't have to talk about jujitsu, but no, we don't have to. I mean, we, we kind of inevitably do talk. Do, yes, <laughs> yeah, we can talk about anything. Like, but then they will understand that the frustration or the challenges they're facing. Mm-hmm. We've all been there, and then things that they feel maybe some of them judge themselves too quickly. Mm-hmm. I always tell them, hey, nobody's born to know how to do hip escape. It is tricky. Like, we do it naturally now, but it is so tricky when we first started. You're not alone. How can I help? Can we yeah. do it together? Can we, you know, help you get there? Yeah. So it's a very uh, impressive support group, and yeah. I wish they, the ladies who couldn't continue on this journey had found that support group much faster. Yeah, yeah, I think that is so important, too. It's, you know, the representation, the support system, and, you know, and I don't want this to come across as, like, the guys aren't aren't great because mm-hmm. we have really great guys there yeah. um and they're very supportive you know and, and they do a really great job of like um adjusting their intensity said, yeah. and stuff like that mm-hmm. when they're working with us which i appreciate but it's just they're just not women like it's just mm-hmm. not the same our bodies feel differently you know and so yeah. it's just nice to have the chance to talk with people who truly truly understand yeah. mm-hmm. what it's like to train jujitsu in the types of bodies that we have mm-hmm. you know so yeah. i'm sorry guys like y'all are great but it's just <laughs> you just this is one thing you just can't understand we're our body is built so differently so for example this past thursday mm-hmm. um i was teaching the gbf curriculum and we're teaching them bottom side control escape mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so the hip bump creating that space and hip out yeah. to get um to get that knee and knee shield in mm-hmm. i find some of the ladies couldn't do it because their partner is so much bigger mm-hmm. and then one of the things i learned that i could offer them is from my experience i would say okay when you hip bump and you, you know hip out mm-hmm. one of the most important things is you don't stay flat mm-hmm. when you're small especially when you're smaller mm-hmm. and you're in the bottom situation whether if that's bottom side control or bottom mount you do not stay flat if you find your shoulder blades on the ground you need to move and curl mm-hmm. curl to the side and that made the whole world of difference yeah. and imagine how many ladies were not being offered that and they just bump and bump and bump their their partner is just so heavy mm-hmm. they go this technique doesn't work maybe i'm not meant for jujitsu maybe i'm just too small yeah. those self-doubts start coming in when no, a higher belt or instructor could have helped guide them a little bit to teach them how to actually take advantage of jujitsu as a smaller person. Yeah. So, sorry, you you guys are great guys. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> seriously though, different like, body types. You guys are great. You know, um, I'm a lot of times. Well, not anymore right now because Kia comes to a lot of the morning ones. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes Diana's there too. But for a long time, I was the only woman in the morning yeah. classes. You know, and it's 
sometimes it gets lonely, but, like, you know, like, you guys are, the guys are great, mm-hmm. okay? I don't want this to come across <laughs> as, like, these guys that. No, they don't. They're, they're really great. Mm-hmm. There's just, there's just something it's intangible yeah. about having another woman there mm-hmm. to train with, to talk to, to commiserate with, that just makes that much of a difference. So you're coming to the GBF classes Monday and Thursday now? Um, would you would like to, to have take you. over my work schedule? Because <laughs> I have work. Mm-hmm. I work. I'm sorry. Yeah. My work schedule is kind of opposite what everybody else's is. I work in the evenings and not in the mornings. I know. That's I why know. we don't get to train together as much. Because you work a, you work normal person's hours. Yeah, I work 9 to 5. Yeah. And then 3-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, you're taking care of a 3-and-a-half-year-old. But it's and really impressive. Like, we are... The two of us is probably the last two, the two most senior members of oh the school, gosh, I would say. Yeah. I mean, Kia started, I think Kia started before I did. But well, she's been, been there a long time. Yeah, but she's been on and off. Like, she took some years off, like, not months. She took some years yeah, off. because well, she had stuff going on. I think mm-hmm. she had moved. I have her conversation. Um, I, have, I have to re-listen to it. But, yeah, I think she talked about that. I think she moved at one yeah. point. And her work schedule shifts a lot. Yeah, but she does have a very for, dynamic job, yeah. For ladies that lasted as long <laughs> as the three of us had, um, there's definitely a lot of challenges and a lot of learnings that we can offer other ladies and encourage them on. Because yeah. I think... The benefit of jujitsu is definitely something that you have to see in the long run. Yeah, it's not like I jump in and look. Within one month, I lost fifty pounds. Not not like that. I mean, some people might, but it's <laughs> that's not really. And that's not what it's about. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's really not what it's about. Yep. So, kind of bringing everything full circle, I feel like if okay, I feel like if this this question hasn't already been answered, if you can kind of distill this down into a piece of wisdom what would you say to women who are still maybe nervous or still hesitating about starting jujitsu um i think you never know and understand all the wonderful things we just shared if you never took the opportunity to step on the mats i know it's intimidating i know it's hard because we've seen so many ladies that you know rode with us along the way for a while and just kind of rolled off on their different path. But the benefits of jujitsu is something that I want my daughter to have, and mm-hmm. if it's something so important that I want to make sure she has for the rest of her life, you should definitely try. Because it's like we said, it's not just about the physical aspect, the mental side, the the, the ability to empower you. When we talk about empowerment, we see a lot of like a one-off um, self-defense workshop saying empowerment. That's mm-hmm. not how it works. Empowerment comes from a long time of installment, putting yourself mm-hmm. with the right people, mm-hmm. uh, in the right community, doing the things that will benefit you mentally and physically. So jujitsu is that wonderful. And if you have the opportunity, you have the chance, please do give it a try and understand that you know, um, finding that community, finding other ladies will help you along the way. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Well said. And come to the GBF curriculum. Yes. We have it yeah. Monday and Thursday night. Yeah, Gracie um, Baja Downers Grove. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so where can people find you on social media? Oh, social media, I honestly, with like a full-time job, trying to train, and a three-year-old, I'm not very active on social media, but if you want to find me, come to Gracie Baja Downers Grove, Gracie Baja East Naperville. You will always find my footprints there, and then we love to see you on the mats. Yay. All right, thank you so much for being here. This was great. Thanks for having me. All right. I really hope that this has resonated with you in some way, you know, whether you're a woman or not. And I really appreciate Coach Nene's insights. I really appreciate her honesty and openness. Um, And I just, like I said in the beginning, I'm just really grateful that she was able to sit down with me and chat with me about this. Now, getting into some housekeeping items, there's a few things I need to tell you. The first thing is that um, I actually have a review from Apple Podcasts that I'd like to read to you. This is by RayJ1991, and the title is Education and Insightful. RayJ1991 says, 
I am a 30 plus year old woman who has thought about getting into a martial art for a while now, but I've been hesitant because of my age and because I wasn't sure which martial art to do. This podcast has made me confident in choosing jujitsu and gave me the courage to start at age 32. In addition to that, it's been super helpful with advice and what to look for when picking a dojo, what to expect, and the culture. I am super excited to start and to continue listening. Thank you, Ray J. 1991. Thank you so much for that really lovely review. I appreciate it very much. Now, if you would also like to have your review read out loud on the podcast, please leave me one. You can leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. On So I'm on Spotify. Okay, so here's the deal. Apple Podcasts has a, has a rating and a review feature where you just heard me read out that review. If you want to leave comments, um, and I can read them out for us on the on the next podcast episodes, you can you can write a few sentences there for whatever you think about the podcast. Now on Spotify, there's a rating feature, but there's not necessarily, at least as far as I know, okay, side tangent, it might be on Spotify Premium, but I don't have Spotify Premium, so I'm just dealing with whatever's available to the free version. So, okay. Back to the main thing. So Spotify has a feature where y- you can rate podcasts and episodes and stuff, but then there's an interact feature where you can answer a question or participate in polls. So there is that feature. I don't necessarily know if there's a review feature. Like I said just a minute ago, it might be on like Spotify Premium, but I don't have Spotify Premium. So anyway, so there's that. So leave me a rating and a review wherever it is that you're listening to podcasts. Um, I personally have and use Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and so that's where I'm finding these reviews from. So if you'd like to have yours read out loud, please leave them there. Um, If you, okay, then if you don't want to leave a public review, but you feel like there's something that you need to tell me, you can get in contact with me in various ways. The first way is to email me. I have the um, podcast email, so jujitedaspodcast at gmail.com. You can send me an email there for whatever reason. Um, if you're like, well, I don't really listen to like the podcast apps, or I do, but I don't want to like, I don't want to create an account, like I just, you know, whatever, I just want to like, bleh. So then if you do that, if you want to, you can um, message me on social media. I have two Instagram accounts. One is um, at Jujitera, which that's basically just for me as the athlete. That one came first, and then when I started the podcast, I was trying to think about what to name my podcast. So I just like took my athlete Instagram handle and I just like <laughs> made the podcast name from it. So there's at Jujitera, which is me as an athlete, and then there's also at Jujitera's podcast, which is obviously the podcast. So the DMs are open on both of those. If you want to get send me a message on Instagram, you can do that. Um, I also have a Facebook page, and there's like a Facebook profile with the page. But if I'm honest, I really the page is just a page. So the page is just for people who like to use Facebook um, to be notified of things. I don't really interact with things on Facebook very much. I kind of just post to the Facebook page all of the announcements that I also post on Instagram. So if you're not an Instagram person, if you're just like, whatever, I just follow the Facebook page because I think most people have Facebook now, then you can keep up with what's happening on the podcast through the Facebook page. Um, Where else to find me? I, oh! I have a Patreon, so I've been pretty active. I would say, well, I would say I've been a lot more active on Patreon. I've had some um, inspiration. I've got collections on Patreon of different videos and posts that I've made, um, audio tracks. On Patreon, for as little as $3 a month, you get early ad-free access to every single episode that goes live on the main feed. You also get access to bonus series. So White Belts and Up get access to the Spill the Tea series where I get to gossip about um, my life once upon a time working in hospitality and all the crazy things that happen there. (laughs) 
Um, there's also the very first video in the, oh gosh, I should, I should have named it something else because now I feel like I can't say this name on the main feed because I, my podcast has a clean rating. I can't, oh my God, I should have thought of this before. Anyway, okay, so if you have kids in the car or wherever, cover their ears for just a second. Okay, are they covered? So the second available to the white belt level, which is $3 or more a month, is called Jits Tits. Okay, you can uncover the kids' ears now. So that series is basically about awkward stuff that happens on the mats that I just kind of give um, little stories to. So that those two extra series are available to all Patreon members at, you know, $3 or more a month. Now there is also a third series that I've been doing that is available to Blue Belts and Up, which is $5 or more a month, and that is the Mental Health Chats series where I basically just pop in and chat about mental health and how that's affecting me, my training, and things like that. So those are all exclusively on Patreon. Also patrons on Patreon will get early notice of things. So for example, I actually just launched yesterday. So today is December 18th. I just launched yesterday. <laughs> my merch store. Ah, I launched my merch store. So basically the merch thing came about because I was just like, man, I really wish I had my logo on a t-shirt. I kind of just wish I could just like wear my logo around. I'm so proud of what I've done, you know? Like I'm just, I'm really proud of myself and I'm just like, I'm just excited. So like I want to wear my logo on a t-shirt. And I was like, well, how do I do that? I don't know. Like, so then I kind of like, stopped thinking about it. Then I was re-listening to some of my favorite podcast episodes. Um, my two favorites are Vulgar History Podcast, hosted by Anne Foster, who is also a patron of mine. Thank you, Anne. And Queen's Podcast, hosted by Katie and Nathan. Um, that one is definitely not for the kids, you guys. Queen's Podcast, they, they use a lot, a lot of, a lot of curse words, okay? So just be warned. But they're great. Um, Anyway, so I was re-listening to these guys' episodes, and they they all have merch too. I was like, wait a minute. These guys have merch with their logos on it. There's got to be a way to do this. So, um, <laughs> so I found a way to make it happen, and I, I found a, a place to make this happen that wasn't super duper expensive because I was trying to order my own merch, you know, because, like, I have to pay for it, you know, and, um, this one, this one site that I originally was going to do, it actually was just, I thought, it, I just felt it was a little too expensive, so, um, I switched to a different one that I think is a lot more reasonable, so that is at tpublic.com, so this is the one that I have my merch store hosted on, right now the only logo, like, the right now the only design I have is just the podcast logo, but um, I ordered myself a t-shirt. I was so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. So if you also want my podcast logo on a t-shirt and you can wear it around, let people know that you listen, that's going to be at tpublic.com and I will put a link to it down in the description so you can just go straight to the link because um, I think like each shop has like a shop ID or whatever, but it's impossible to remember all that stuff. Did I tell you all of the things? There's email, two Instagrams, Facebook page, Patreon, merch, merch. Oh, oh, this, sorry, there's one more thing. Um, where else can you find me online? So I do have a page on buymeacoffee.com. Now I know that sometimes people like to monetarily support creators. Um, but they don't necessarily want to do like a whole monthly thing. Like they're just like, no, I just want to like give you five bucks and have it be done. You know, like, so if that's the case, there is a one and done type of deal that buymeacoffee.com hosts. And so that's sort of their whole shtick is that you can, if you choose, like you can monetarily support a creator. Um, and just like once, like, like a one-off type of deal and not have it be a recurring thing out of your bank account or whatever. So, 
Um, so I do have a page on buymeacoffee.com. It is uh, buymeacoffee.com slash pod Because podcast was too long, I had a character limit. <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah, I think that's about it. Now, I've, I keep hearing people try to be on all these different social medias and stuff. And I have to admit, like, every time I think I need to create a profile on one, I have to stop myself. And I have to tell myself, you can barely keep up with what you currently have. (laughs) You don't need to be opening any more accounts. (laughs) So, (laughs) So, I'm not anywhere else online except for the places I've just told you about. So, if there's a profile on any of those other places that says that they're me... If I haven't told you about it here, then that is false. They are not me. Okay, so that that's where I'm at. Now, this is very likely going to be the last episode of 2023. I am looking forward to coming back in January 2024. I will see you guys then. And I'm wishing everyone happy and healthy holiday season. Um, please... Be safe, whatever it is that you're doing, and make good choices. I will see you in the next one. Bye! Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to connect with me while you wait for the next podcast episode, find me on Instagram at Jujiteras Podcast and at Jujitera. I'm also on Facebook at Jujiteras Podcast. You could also email me at jujiteraspodcast at gmail.com. If you would like to support me in this podcast, you can visit me on Patreon at Podcast, where you get early ad-free access to all episodes plus some bonus content. You could also find me on buymeacoffee.com at jujiteraspod. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to rate and review. See you next time.